How much time till we're on? We're on, Ron. What? We're on the air right now. I'm ready. Good evening. I'm Ron Burgundy. Here's what's going on in your world tonight. The all-electric Kia EV9. Kia's largest electric seven-seat SUV. Kia, major partner of the Australian Open. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. You know what, I might uh, dedicate that song to a certain West Indian fast bowler today. Powderfinger, the finger, opening up Sports Day tonight. Hello and welcome to a Wednesday night edition. Scotty Sattler, Jason Matthews in the Sports Day studio, of course. I'm talking about Shamar Joseph for the West Indies. Uh, we're going to talk crickets with Michael Kasperwitz, who made his debut sats in 86, uh, 96, I should say. I'm not making him that up. Uh, against the West Indies. Mm-hmm. You want to hear, like he went out to bat. I think he batted about nine. And the bowlers. He wouldn't have been nine. Maybe ten. He would have been 11. No, he wasn't. He was 11 all over. No, I think McGrath may have been still He would have been up there with Bruce Reed. <laughs> he had to face Ambrose. Yeah. Courtney Walsh mm. and Ian Bishop. Nice. Just to name a few. Casper coming up on the show real soon. Don't Welcome. about Casper. I mean, he was up there as one of the fastest bowlers around. Yeah, he could swing it. We kept, I said, that the famously kept Brett Lee out of the Australian career. He kept, he had Brett Lee running his drink out to him. <laughs> they kept the fastest bowler in the world out of the game. Uh, remarkable. Hello and welcome to a Wednesday night edition. Of course, the first day of the first test between Australia and the West Indies. It's actually better than expected. We'll get into that real soon. Mind you, I'm going to whinge about only 83 overs being bowled with oh, an additional 30 minutes overs. of play. Who cares about overs? Okay, mate. You're the only one that cares about overs and the match officials. Listen, you know what upsets me? What? Is is the way Steve Smith carries on about the side screen. Yeah. And the other thing is when umpires get stuck in a lift at lunch. You know, that did that happened when you were on holidays in the Boxing Day test. The umpires got Third stuck umpire, the The game was delayed coming back from lunch. Yep. Can you believe it or not? In this day and age, third um, they're waiting for the third umpire to come back from lunch. Are you serious? Ten-minute delay. Someone could have sat in for the third umpire. Well, that's... Just to, like, fix the, uh, like the, the elevator. Up. Like, yeah. Have you been stuck in an elevator? Yes. Oh, it's, it's horrific. But I had an esky full of beer... And a sandwich from 7-Eleven, so I was okay. We were stuck in the elevator at the Sugar Shaker in Townsville. The what? It was the old Holiday Inn. Right. And there was there was eight rugby league players. <laughs> it was February 2000 because the season got put forward a month because of the 2000 Olympics. Ah. Stinking hot in Townsville. And there's eight or nine rugby league players in this, in this lift. And we were stuck for two hours. Oh. And then all of a sudden they opened it. And one of the players, as he was walking, like rushing to get out, dropped his phone, went straight down oh, no. the gap between the door. Oh, yeah, no. Outstanding. It, did you get to the stage at two hours where you thought, who are we going to eat first? Yeah. Did you get to that it's stage? It's a little bit like that. And it was, it was never going to be someone skinny who doesn't have any meat on their bones. <laughs> so it's going to be Tony Paul too, 114 <laughs> kilos. Imagine trying to take the skin uh, off him. Yeah. Uh, hey, tell you what we're watching at the moment before we talk about the cricket. I've been watching on Fox Sports 
1992, the last game for Wally Lewis, Gold Coast Seagulls up against Penrith Panthers on a Saturday night at the Gold, Old Seagull Stadium. You loved it there, didn't you? Yeah, one of the great stadiums. He scored a try this night, Wally. There was a sellout of about 14,500 people at Seagull what, Stadium. Is that what it held? Yeah. And um, I remember I played the under-21s game before this. Yeah. I got knocked out and I went oh, to hospital. You? And they took me to hospital. And I checked myself out so I could be there for Wally Lewis's last ever game. That's pretty awesome. Hey, yeah. look, is that a mud patch? Right in the middle of the field. Now imagine players playing in a mud patch nowadays. Yeah, had the old Seagull Stadium, the old licensed premises. Yeah, behind behind it. The club, well. the club, yeah, yeah the yeah, club. Nice. Hey, welcome to our listeners through the Super Radio Network uh, tonight. We're going to start the show now. Uh, of course, SCN eleven seventy in Sydney, SCNQ six ninety three AM in Brizzy, uh, SCN track stations in New South Wales and Queensland. Fanatic, the SCN app, and all of our listeners through SCNZ. Haven't had a good day of cricket today. Can you just? The, it's going the, to come up the later text on line. Can can someone just te- send us a text? Maybe a Norbergine, if they're listening, because of course the cricket's been on as well. Right. I'm just looking at the text. Usually we get some texts within the first thirty seconds of the show. Yeah, yeah. Nothing's coming through at the moment, so I'm not sure whether it's. Geez, you're sounding needy. The computer that I'm looking at, or whether the text line. Yeah. Just an Norbergine. Just send us a simple Norbergine or a thumbs up. A thumbs up would be okay. nice. Okay. Uh, our partners, Kia, World Gym Australia, Nutrient Ag Solutions, going further for Australian farmers. Great riveting day of cricket today, test cricket. And we'll get into that real soon with Casper, as we said. We're going to turn back time tonight too. first footy jersey you ever wore. What's this on the back of? What's motivated this? Oh, there's oh, is this a, this a thing Roosters that, thing Oh, this out. is the thing that Daddy sent around our yeah. WhatsApp group today. Yeah, I, when I saw Roosters, to be honest, I didn't look at it. He said, what's the go? So basically on Instagram, listeners and TikTok, they must have set up a camera in the foyer of their training facility. And the mm. players are walking past and there was a question that I read out as it's being videoed. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. And what's the first ever jersey you ever wore? And they were saying- Most yeah, of them said like Armani. All Blacks. Louis Vuitton. <laughs> and- Rabbit Daddy, Daddy Vasquez, wasn't their training facility weird? Like there was like a cafe in it. Mm. Well, a lot of the training facilities do have cafes in them, open to the public. And as we said to him on a number of occasions, if you are a Broncos member and have been to their training facility, they too he's also not have a cafe in the foyer. Now, he says he's going to join up this weekend because he wants to be a member by the time Rat comes back. Oh, that's a big announcement. Rat will be back Monday night. He's got four sure shifts. He's got, yeah, he's got four shifts next week. So go easy on him by Wednesday. Mm. He'll be a bit tired. Yeah. But he, he's going to join up so so he can impress Rat. What about us? We're the no, only no, ones who care. No, that's your conclusion. No, that's what he oh, told you me. Just wanna, so, you can, so he can impress listen, Rat. Listen, mate, listen, you've been on holidays as well. I haven't. This is what he said last week on yep. air. He okay. said, I want to, before Rat gets back, I want to be a member. I said, what he do you mean Rat come, he's, he's here two days. That's right. You're trying to impress the girl Friday. Yep. He's, he's, he's more casual than a casual. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Honestly. Uh, he's a part-time casual. Now, we're getting thumbs up from Rooster Muzz, Aubergines. We've got an Aubergine here from 559 as well. And Tough Guy says the Seagulls Club used to have the best fish and chips at the Carvery. Well, uh, yes. Um, and Canara Cowboy saying, Woogie and Sats, both Freddie and Nate Miles, had fun at the Sugar Shaker. I don't understand what that means. <laughs> 
Do you want to explain it to me on that? No, okay, no worries. <laughs> uh, you want to get involved in the show tonight? 0457 736 736, our number. If you're in NZ, double eight double three. Oh, I was going to say, it's going to come up in what later on? What about the T20 game between um, the Black Caps and Pakistan today? Mm-hmm. One of the New Zealand batsmen scored 130-odd in a T20. Really? Yeah. Not bad going. They scored 220-something. Pakistan chased it. They, they got down to about 190-odd off the 20 overs. But, geez, plenty of – who would have thought 400 runs would be scored in foot? That's a run rate across that game of 10. Yeah, but a lot of the fields – a lot of the ovals in New Zealand are quite small too. Oh, okay. Well, then just you, – you just – Hang on. on. I, th- I thought it was impressive. Yeah. Wow, you're nasty. Um, also, another one tonight is uh, with what? Here we go. What? Apparently, there's been slang words banned. Mm-hmm. Incl- and I didn't even know these, I, a couple of them. But I, I went through my do- through with my daughter some of these. She knew what they were. Ski-yee? What the hell's that? Don't know. She didn't know that one. Ski-yee. Right, yeah. Bra, which means bro, right? Yeah, bro. Uh, so you're not allowed to use these in class anymore? No. Yep. Riz? Oh, Daddy did say what that meant. Riz. What, is, what does Riz mean? What's up, G-Wade? Um, in the cut with my twin. Well, see, what, what about my daughters? Why can't my daughter say I'm in the cut with my twin? I've yeah, got true. twins. Yeah, that's That's true. discrimination. Yeah. And they're redheads. <laughs> they're going to take you to court. I can tell you that much. Hey, based on the first jersey, can you remember what jersey? Like my mum would have dressed me in South Sydney jerseys when mm. when Dad was playing, but the first jersey I can remember that I officially wore, and I've got a photo of it at home, was the North's Devils jersey, which was the jersey my dad played in his final year in 1975 in Brisbane. Yeah. I had a hand-me-down from my old man, Newtown. Yeah. But my very first jersey that was mine mm. was obviously a South Sydney one and I had number five for Terry Fay. Oh really? Yeah. I was Red no I was nowhere near as quick as him. Y- yeah, well that's understandable. <laughs> and I was skinny then. Mm. But no, I just yeah, obviously the Rabbitohs. I think the Rabbitohs are hundred and sixteen years old today. That's awesome. Hundred and six years old? And we got them sixteen a, years old. Let's celebrate together. Let's all hold hands. Six years old. Let's hold hands, guys and girls. This is for all you Rooster supporters out there who have been stealing players from us for 116 years. Let's all sing together. Glory, glory to South Sydney. Come on, Saturday. Glory to South Sydney. Glory, glory to South Sydney. Tonight or? Uh, yeah, some players just turned up train. Oh, Cam Murray put on some uh, deodorant oh. today as well. My son texted me today and said, I'm listening to the show from <laughs> last night. What about Woogie saying that Cam Murray should be the captain of the New South Wales oh, side? Oh, shut up. <laughs> just shut up, Jack. Get a girlfriend and leave me alone. Focus on something else. <laughs> How's he? How was Christmas with Jack? Yeah, he's awesome. Hey, just... um. Did on... he take his Panthers tracksuit off at any time? <laughs> He did watch repeats of every rugby league game from the last 50 years. Um, what a loser. I hope you're hearing this tomorrow, Jack. Now, um, I actually enjoyed it. I like watching this game here on Fox. Um, hey, just on cricket in New Zealand, we're going to try and get JT on tomorrow. I'm just trying to confirm with his manager, Sam Mayu, because there's a – it's called the Black Clash. It's a T20 game that's been going on for a few years now in, in New Zealand. 
And this year's played at uh, Tauranga, which is around sort of south of Auckland, Rotorua. Um, um, oh, where else is around there? There's not far from Whakatane. And, um, and it's a game. It's a T20 game. And it's, it's a game between – it's this Saturday. And it's the All Blacks. The All Blacks up against um, – yeah, so Daniel Vittori is one of the coaches. But anyway, one of the teams has got Brian Lara playing for them as their special guest. So it's a cricket match. Yeah, cricket match, T20. And the other team has Jonathan Thurston playing. Jeez, I wonder who got the better cricketer. Mm, I know. You're right. So this is Saturday. It'd be pretty exciting, actually. So we're trying to get JT on tomorrow night. So hopefully, hopefully we get him on. Just see whether – has he got any form? Because – yeah, Fatty took one of the greatest catches of all time at the Gabba in that celebrity match <laughs> of Alfie Langer's bowling. Oh, yeah. So it was very John Dyson like, mm. which leads me to my Graham next Hughes, thing. Hughes, the great Graham Hughes, yep. the former New South Wales cricketer. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Watching uh, Jimmy Smith. Jimmy was first grade cricketer in Sydney. Was he in what? Was he in that game? No, no, no. He's a he's got a cricketing background. Right. Why is that the topic now? I'm confused. Rugby league players who play cricket. So oh, rugby sh- league players. Right, yeah. yes, gotcha. Yep. Yeah, but Fatty didn't play cricket. No, he didn't. He just took one of the great catches. Yeah, I know. And that, yeah. that makes it worse, doesn't it? That he never played cricket. Mm. But he's taken one of the great one catches, of the great catches. You'll ever see. Hey, listen, you're watching the cricket today, and, and, and it was bringing back some memories for you, Sats. You're watching the cricket. Put your phone down. Yeah, um, I'm looking for me, some more information about that uh, event. But. What memories was it? Well, you said it took you back to when I was talking about John. You, I was comparing Fatty to John Dyson. Oh, no. So I was, we are talking about it earlier on, and I don't know what it was with you, so with you, the listeners as well, and you, but is there one moment that made you fall in love with cricket? And for me, it was 1982. I was nine years of age, and it was this catch by John Dyson. It's in the air. It's going out towards Dyson. He's running back. He's under it. What a great catch! Gosh, that's one of the best outfield catches you will ever see. John Dyson, a tremendous performance. So when cricket was on in summer, one arm, I'd, w- I'd watch it. Yeah. But when John Dyson took that catch in 1982, that made me go, wow, I'm going to watch more of this. Bruce Yardley was the bowler as well against the West Indies. Mm. And one of the great outfield catches. Now, we see those quite common now. We've seen some great catches in the BBL this year. Yeah, we have. Outstanding catches, yeah. but... That was, yeah, that was well ahead of its time. It sort of, uh, as a standout for me, it was the one, the one, I suppose, incident that made me fall in love with cricket. The, the moment that, I mean, I already liked cricket and I'd always watch it, like you, I'd always watch it. But the moment I fell in love with cricket was when I wagged school. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I told my parents what I was doing, but I went to a day-nighter, SCG on the hill, and Australia were playing New Zealand. And the crowd was ch- chanting, Hadley's a wanker. Okay. And at that moment. Do you remember how old you were? Well, I think I was mid-teen. I think I was 14 or something. Yep. Anyway, I'm giving it to Hadley as a you know, kid. I had no idea what I was saying, right? Same as today. And my brother goes, oi, Jason, bust at me wagging school. Oh, wow. My older brother. Mm. And, mate, but it was just that emotion, that moment, the, hearing the whole crowd just giving it to one bloke. 
And he was because he was so good, right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. And seeing Lance Cairns and all these great players play, I think, I think Simon O'Donnell was playing. Remember, that Lance Cairns used to have that bat with no Shaved. shoulders. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. So that was the moment I just fell in love with cricket, and it was like, wow, how good is this? How cool is it? And mate, those days of those one day games. I mean, the Test matches in those days were great as well, but it was when they start first started wearing pajamas. Yeah, mm. we used to call them pajamas. Yeah, and remember. If the game was on in your city, so if, well, we, I grew up in Sydney, mm. and if the one-day game was on in Sydney that day, you only got the first two hours of it. So you're trying to tune into NBN on the Central Coast with rabbit ears, trying to pick up some sort of signal on the TV to be able to watch one-day cricket. Yeah. Imagine that now. I know. And you'd only get it if the game was completely sold out. Oh, they'd, yeah, they'd play it. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, they'd have That's the whole right. game. What are now your memories? We, can, we, just, we see it everywhere now, don't we? Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Your memories. What made you fall in love with cricket? What a lot of people it? will say when the Benson Hedges World Series first started. Yeah, the, the like you're saying, the pajamas, the colourful uniforms. Um, yeah, but for me, it was 1982. John Dyson. Absolutely, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, mate, we've all got those memories. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. If you're in New Zealand, double eight double three. Send us a text. Maybe it was the Trevor Chapel uh, underarm delivery oh, moment that got you really passionate. Too soon. Is too it soon. still too soon? Too soon. You know, Ian Smith, one of our colleagues, yeah. one of the great cricket commentators yeah. and rugby commentators, I might add. He uh, he tells a really good story. He played in that game, of course, and you know how the the opposition always comes into the to the home size dressing sheds. No, yeah. So on that occasion, after the, the underarm ball, he tells a great story about how all the New Zealand, all the New Zealand um, doors were closed. They were never, yeah, they were never crossing the, crossing the hallway to go to the opposition dressing sheds to have a beer with them. Yeah. It was, yeah. it was probably that, well, our second darkest moment in cricket history, sandpaper gate. Yeah. Oh, uh, I still reckon the underarm bowls probably. Yeah. And, Oh, Dave Warner turning up in a helicopter last week is probably up there too, I guess. <laughs> to play for a team that come last. Hey, they're in action tonight. Is he turning up? What's he turning up in tonight? I don't know. It'd be a red carpet and some sort of hummer. Mm, interesting. We'll keep our eyes peeled as the Thunder take on the Renegades. They play, they're, they're, they're fighting for last place tonight in the cricket. We've got to go to a break. Is there a quick one, Sats? Yeah, there's a couple here, but we'll get to them, but... Mark saying Michael Bevan hitting yes. the four off the final ball in the one day versus, versus the West Indies. I think, that, I think um, New Year's Day. Carl Hooper was the bowler. Yeah, and yeah. It, was, it was New Year's Day. I remember that clash. Yeah, when we come back, that. Michael Kasperwitz is going to help us wrap up day one of the first test against the Windies next here on Sports Day. The all-electric Kia EV9. Kia's largest electric seven-seat SUV. Kia, major partner of the Australian Open. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. We'll be back in a moment. The all-electric Kia EV9. Kia's largest electric seven-seat SUV. Kia, major partner of the Australian Open. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. Yeah, if you're a kid and Kirtley says you can bowl, then you believe in yourself. In he comes to Steve Smith. Edge! Oh! It's no way! He's out for ball. He's bowled! Unbelievable! Gets a wicket. With the first delivery, he's bowled to Steve Smith, <laughs> one of the greats of all time. You can't write the script like that, surely. 
What about announcing yourself to the world of Test cricket? Your very first ball, you get the great Steve Smith out. Yeah, of course, they're talking about Shamar Joseph, uh, the team there from SEN Cricket today. The Test debutants who made 36 valuable runs with the bat and a couple of wickets with the ball. And that was his first delivery in Test cricket, picking up the great Steve Smith for twoies. I feel like a twoies or two. Drink responsibly. Scotty Sattler, Jason Matthews here, being joined by the presidents of the Fast Bowling Cartel. Michael Kasperwitz, welcome to Sports Day. Six foot four. Casper, are you six oh, foot no, four, you're not, really? No, he's not. I'm actually the, I'm actually the secretary. I'm more secretary <laughs> than president. That's Clem McGrath. Sorry, mate. Sorry. Six Obviously. foot four on Wikipedia. Yeah. Is that is that a furphy or not? Oh, I think as you get older, your spine shrinks a bit, doesn't it? Yeah, apparently. In he, heels. He, he birth rate bigger. maybe collapses. Yeah. Yeah. I'm at least six foot three and a half, so yeah, anyway. Hey, mate, what a day. First test against the Windies at Adelaide Oval. Look, Windies did better than I thought they would, not with the bat so much, 188 all round. Last great uh, stand with the bowlers, as I said, Shamar Joseph. His only high score is unbelievable. His highest score in first-class cricket before today was 21 runs. And here he is at the Adelaide Oval putting Hazelwood over the fence for sixes. Uh, mate, what, and then takes a couple of wickets, valuable wickets, and the only wickets against the Aussies. Um, it's a fair debut, isn't it? Oh, it's, it's sort of like, like the fairy tale script, isn't it? He's only played five first class matches before this tour as well. So to get Brian Lara to give you the cap, congratulations, go out there, get Steve Smith with your very first prune. Um, yeah, I'm sure that big family of his, I've I read how he's got five brothers and three sisters in uh, Guyana. Um, I'm sure that they'd all be celebrating. It could have been the middle of the night, but I'm sure they're still celebrating. Hey, Casper, you never forget your first try, your first tackle, your first game in rugby league, and like you making your debut in 96 against the West Indies, you never forget your first wicket. Who was yours? Um, I actually didn't get a wicket that first test match, and I didn't get a wicket in my second test match either. I had to wait till I went over to England in the 97 uh, Ashes. Uh, Mark Butcher. Thank okay. you very much. Lefty. Mm. Took a while, but yeah, we got him. Uh, we were talking today about, you know, what made you fall in love with uh, with cricket. And Sats was talking, it was just reminiscing today about, you know, the wonderful West Indies teams of the 80s and 90s and John Dyson taking that wonderful catch. 1982. That yeah. moment he fell in love with the game. What was the moment, Casper, um, that you went, God, I love this game. I reckon we're similar to age, I reckon, Sats, aren't we? Well, um, yeah, I 51, think, 52, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm 50, well, I turned 52 in February. But the same thing, coming through that era, where obviously the, the West Indies fast bowlers coming through and um, just being inspired by that. But to me, it was actually Dennis Lilly. Like, I found that I was able to come in and bowl at this cricket ball, um, coordinated, but bowl it, you know, a little bit quicker than most and that was the inspiration for me, Dennis Lilly and and I reckon I'd, you'd sort of watch it um, and then all of a sudden I, I would have been around about I sell a lot of cricket and fast bowling and a neighbour actually bought me this book, Dennis Lilly, The Art of Fast Bowling, <laughs> which became almost my sort of bible in many ways um, because it, it was just pretty much everything, you read it right through, um, fortunately the cover's still <laughs> intact but it's one of those things as a kid, just remember that that was inspiration. Just seeing Dennis Lilly, he was almost like a cartoon character. 
yeah. you know, like with the, you know, the Sherp unbutton down there, gold chain bouncing around, uh, the big mo, um, and hair flowing, but just the, you know, just the style of the guy. We loved it. Hey, um, uh, before we get on to today's game, again, 1996, you make your debut against the West Indies. You go out to bat. Mm. Where were you, mate? Number nine or ten? I, I may have given you a bit more credit. Uh, I had you pinned at nine. Is that where you batted or was it ten? <laughs> it was possibly lower. I can't. Um, <laughs> it might have been lower. You made six um, runs, I think, in your first innings. I, 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 I well, think I'll tell I recall. You what the scary part was, Jace, was that I was, um, I've gone out to took centre and you sort of turn around and you sort of take centre and you look back and I knew that um, I looked seen the slips cord. Now, knowing the Gabba well, because obviously it's my ground, Gabba with Queensland, and, you know, got all my wickets there, and turn around, and these slips corners look, oh, felt like they were 50 metre away, <laughs> as I looked that way. But then I looked the other way, and here's Ian Bishop, who's oh. commentating. He's out at the moment, Big yep. Bish. Yep. He's, he's coming in, and but he's actually bowling around the wicket. So normally when you come around the wicket, there's, there's one, well, there's one purpose, is to get the out. The second reason why he came around is to hit you. <laughs> hit the batsman, mate. Get him to shit his pants. And so he, he succeeded. Um, but the part was that um, I was going out the bat, but just picture it. You're out there, debut. So it's not, not going to be easy. You realise that. But he's coming around the wicket. The only... I had a... Oh, what was it? There was a short leg just in front of the wicket. He was the only player in front of the wicket. <laughs> a short leg on the left side. There was a leg slip. There was a fine leg. The rest of them were in slips and gully, I reckon, and they might have had oh. some of the points. Oh, that's potentially. incredible. Potentially, but, yeah, yeah. So but, we got through. We got a couple. Well, you had Walsh as well, and you had Ambrose. Mm. So back up, Bishy, too. Yeah. That would have been that would have been absolutely yeah. terrifying. <laughs> absolutely. But, mate, when it was your turn to bowl, yeah. you had to bowl to Lara, Chanterpole, and, and Carl Hooper. In fact, I think Carl Hooper made a, a century uh, in your debut test. Pretty handy batsman. Oh, yeah. He's actually an assistant coach for uh, the Strikers with Jason Gillespie down there. He lives in Adelaide now. There's us hoops. So, yeah, he's, um, he's, I mean, no, he's good. And I think that's what you want. You sort of obviously want a challenge, but you also want that fairy tale like um, Shamar Joseph, you know, getting wickets in your first ball and going out and scoring 50s, 100s, you know, taking hat trick like Damien Fleming, all that sort of stuff. But, um, yeah, no, six runs and a duck and, um, and no wickets. Was uh, was the script for mine? So, Casper, what'd you make of today, day one? Because uh, I think we all expected the West Indies to not score many. They get 188, but Australia, on the flip side of that, too far at the end of day one. I think they'd be pretty disappointed, wouldn't they? Oh, they would be. Like I think winning the toss and sending um, West Indies in the bat. I, I no, I saw somewhere or heard. I think on TV it was the first time since 1980. That um, they won the toss, Australia won the toss and bowled at Adelaide. So obviously it was a little bit green, and even I think I saw something too where um, uh, Josh Hazelwood, after taking his 250th Test wicket, which in itself is an incredible thing, great thing, um, but he was even saying that the wicket was a little bit too paced. It looked green and a little bit shaggy, but just a little bit too paced. So maybe I think what happens there is that after it gets another roll overnight and well, tomorrow um, as well, it'll harden up and might come through a bit better and maybe even for the batsman be a bit better to bat on. Hey, Casper, text just came through and, and I, I want to find out from you. Um, this is from Matt. I fell in love with cricket when I heard The Twelfth Man by Billy Birmingham. 
And also the dulcet tones <laughs> of Richie Banno and the Wide World of Sports commentary team. Yeah, cricket hasn't been since, the same since it's left Channel 9. But, mate, did you ever make a, a Billy Birmingham 12th Man album? Did, were you <laughs> ever on there? Did you make it? Because you got a, you got a bit of a name. A no, certain name can be, yeah. Way too easy, isn't it? Yeah. Really? There was. Um, I had. I tell you what. Um, it would have been way too easy, but no, no, I didn't actually get ever get called. Maybe because I didn't play the one days. I was just a test player back then. Um, there was, and I, I'll give him a hint. It was pretty easy because um, there was one day when I was going to see oh, an accountant. You know, of course, with start earning some money, so you need an accountant apparently. And I said, okay, I went and saw this bloke and I told him, I said, oh, hi, I'm Michael Kasprovich. I'm here to see, you know, whatever, Jim Smith. And um, the lady at the reception said, oh, I'll just take a seat. I'll tell, let Jim know you're here. And I heard her on the intercom press it and say, ah, oh, Jim, there's a mice called Catch-A-Fish here to see you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it could have been oh, really easy, I reckon, oh, for, uh, for Billy. Oh, easy. God. Well, Casper's part of our commentary team here at SEN. You'll be calling the qualifying final Friday night as the Heats uh, take on the Sydney Sixers with their surprise victory last night against the Scorchers uh, in Perth. Henriques uh, was just superb, wasn't he, Casper? Yeah, it was, it was a stunning game, really, because I think that was the first time in 18 matches that the Scorchers actually lost at home at Optus Stadium. So going into this, they thought they'd win that, um, which means then they host the um, the knockout sort of final. Uh, I think that's what they call it, um, and just giving them a chance to actually you know end up you know maybe hosting up there because their record's so good. However, the Sixers were just phenomenal because Scorchers scored 197 mm. before a couple of good performers in there. But what was incredible about all that, and this is the beauty of 2020 cricket. The, um, the, the Sixers were cruising. I think they were four for like 181 in the 18th over, cruising. Then they lost four for five, which mm-hmm. meant that I think the last three balls, um, Moses Henriques hit a six, a two, and a four to win. Yeah. Um, so it was last ball and all that sort of stuff, which is what it's all about. That's why we love this version of the game. And I know that down there at Carrara Stadium on, uh, on Friday night with the Heat, obviously finishing on top against the Sixers on fire, um, it's going to be a great game. All right, mate. Listen, we're going to let you go because you've got a night out tonight. It's your son's birthday. What, what's his name? How old? Is, is he the handy cricketer and rugby Ed. player? Yeah, he goes all right, Ed. Um, he's 17 years old uh, tomorrow. So, um, yeah, oh, so nice. we're going out uh, a bit of Japanese. Not quite. I know that your favourite was it. Um, um, I'm doing... You were doing... some more uh, um, sate, weren't you? Weren't yeah. you going to have a... In Bali, weren't you going to have a, a bath in satay chicken or something? Oh, I'm going to be sitting, for listeners who missed our call the other night, I'll be sitting in a bath sat and, yeah. and it's satay sauce and I'm just going to have chicken sticks in my hands and I'm just going to dip the chicken. Oh, right. I thought you were in the satay. I thought, no, I am. I, I am. I am. No, no, I, I didn't yeah. want to go too deep in it, but yeah. Just, no, you're I am. eating it. All oh, right. I'm Good. nude in the bath. Yep. And I'm just eating chicken oh. sticks off the barbecue yep. and a couple of bing tans. Yeah, I like it. It's a great holiday. I like it. It's a great holiday. Casper, good luck on Friday <laughs> night, mate, with the, the qualifier. And thanks for joining Sats and myself on Sports Day tonight, mate. Thanks, mate. Thanks, thanks Sats. See you. There he goes. One of the greats, Michael Casper. Are you talking about the since Channel 9 have lost, the cricket's not the same with the commentary? Yeah. I reckon the commentary in cricket is outstanding. Nah, I miss... I love listening to Ponting, Ishigua... 
Um, oh, don't take. Yeah, no, it wasn't yeah. Akram. Uh, I love listening to Gilchrist. Oh, Ponting's the best. Ian Smith is amazing. See, I prefer Channel Seven. Mm. Oh, I lo- I just love hearing Ponting talk about the game. You know, um, but I just I, I guess it was the the handing over. Like, and how good was Ian Healy, Mark Taylor, um, who was uh, Ian Chapel, Bill Laurie, Richie Bano. Uh, who was the pommy bloke who used to come out? Mark, um, you know, thing. Oh, of, Mark Nichols. Mark Nichols. Like I used to love. Even, even dare I say, Michael Clark wasn't bad at times. Go back and watch the ball of the century, the Shane Warne ball, and how underwhelming Richie Benno's call is. Oh, how dare you! Underwhelming. How, how, no, how dare you? God rest your soul, Richie. <laughs> that was our cricket update. I don't laugh. No, no, it's underwhelming because serious. I think it shocked him. I didn't think anything could move a ball that that far. Mate, back away. Back away from bagging Richie Bano now. I'm not bagging Richie. I met him at Bell Reva. Oh, their violence sorts everything out, doesn't it? I remember going up to the commentary box and meeting Richie Bano and Hobart once. Yeah. It was the greatest day of my life. It was better than when my children were born. (laughs) No, but it was. Yeah, you know, I get it. Like, it's Richie Bano. Yeah. Hello, fellas. It, It was just super smooth. Oh, was it was so good. Bill Laurie's pigeons there? Uh, no, no, no. He, I think he had some ducks or something like that anyway, some ibises at the time. Brought to you by Tui's, our cricket update. Feel like a Tui's or two, drink responsibly. We've got to go to a break. The all-electric Kia EV9. Kia's largest electric seven-seat SUV. Kia, major partner of the Australian Open. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. We'll be back in a moment. The all-electric Kia EV9. Kia's largest electric seven-seat SUV. Kia, major partner of the Australian Open. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. Yeah, welcome yeah. back to the show. Woogie has just <laughs> absolutely thrown his toys out. No, of I haven't. Off air. I do want, want me to be honest. Well, you just said, I'm, not, I'm no, not talking. I'm you, not talking. You just said the listeners' texts aren't that important. <laughs> you said that. I never said that. And the listeners would know that. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, listen, time to do turn back time uh, for BASF Termidor and Trelona, Australia's most trusted termite solutions. We asked off the top of the show, what's the first jersey you ever wore, Sats? It was interesting. Uh, the one that I can remember was Norse Devils, the Brisbane team in the Daryl Broman's old club. Um, Mark Graham played for them as well. They won the comp in 1980. Um, but it's interesting watching a lot of the Roosters when they were being asked with, and this is what's motivated this topic, is that a lot of them were saying the All Blacks. And because of that, that age as well, it's LeBron James as well. Do you want to hear the audio of the Roosters Go. having a chat? Did he have job bar? Obviously. For you, you don't know, Chelsea. No, I do. Sydney Roosters. It's your first jersey. Steve Nash. South Eastern Seagulls. First jersey. LeBron James, St. Vincent, St. Mary. LeBron James. LeBron James. First jersey. All Blacks. Actually, can't understand. Yeah, no, nah, it wasn't LeBron James. All Blacks. Oh God. <laughs> that was worth waiting for. Yeah, but if that was South Sydney, you would have you, you would have played okay. it three times by now. Uh, I remember my first jersey. Neil at Quakers Hill was red and white collar because I love Gilligan's Island. So that was Gilligan. That wasn't that the jumper, Neil. Well, Gilligan wore a red and white striped shirt, didn't he? So Neil liked Gilligan. Yeah, that's fair enough. You didn't. You liked who? Did you like on Gilligan's Island? Ginger. <laughs> No, Mary Ann. 
Mary Ann. Who'd yeah. you like? Um, I can't remember. You liked the skipper, didn't you? <laughs> I've got a photo wearing my dad's old Central Tigers jersey. Great wow. working man's club. Cowboy. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, any more? Oh, there's some more about. Yeah, quickly, let's let's get those. No, uh, no more jersey ones. Keep nope. them coming through. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Turn back time for BASF Termidor and Trelona, Australia's most trusted termite solutions. There's a new rule in the NRL: contested restarts. Now that's the dropout, the short dropout, ten meter dropout. So if it doesn't go ten meters or it goes out on the full, yeah. instead of a penalty in front, now it's going to be what a play the ball ten meters out. Yeah. Do you like it or not? Don't like it. I think it's a negative play. Now, many would think, no, hang on a sec. It means we're going to see more attack and we possibly might see four points as opposed to two points. But if you're a good defensive side, let's say like the Penrith Panthers, yeah, and they're ahead by two, so it's 20 points to 18, they'll just try a short drop out. If it doesn't work, mm. if they get the ball back, fine. If they don't get the ball back and yep. it, because it goes over the dead ball line, it doesn't go 10 metres, they'll just, they'll just defend you for a long period of time. And actually, when you're on the trial line, a lot of the times you don't have to go back 10 metres. Yeah, right. You've got to go back two metres or three metres. Yeah. So you don't have to come it's up as easier, far either. Right. So I think it's quite a negative play. I, I know what they're trying to do, keep the ball in, that, in play more and the possibility of four points, but your really good defensive sides will, will defend that. So do you think teams will not attempt the short dropout because of this rule change Depends now? Depends how confident they are in their defence. So Penrith would? Penrith would, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right, yeah. Uh, and the other big news in the NRL before we go to a break today, Payne Haas. Um, he's gone down a training with a hamstring injury and has gone for scans. Yeah. This this could be big bad news for the Broncos. Well, yeah, we don't know how serious it is at the moment until I get the scan. If it's if it's a grade one, it'll be minimum two weeks. Uh, if it's any more than that, three, four, five, six weeks. The problem is when you're a big man, you rely on power. And that's what the hamstrings provide you with. It's a lot of power. And it's also a psychological game when you do your hamstring because yeah. there's there's a while there where you've got to get a lot of faith in yourself to be able to stretch out. And it takes a while to get over that, depending on how serious it is. But leading into the first, well, they're playing in that Vegas game round one, aren't they? Well, you can't risk him. No. So not, without knowing how serious it is at the moment, you'd think it would be at least a minimum three to four weeks. Imagine. Because he's a big man. Imagine if they did risk him. You're like the boy in the bubble on mm. the plane. Yeah. Well, what are we? We're about six weeks away from that game. Well, the Broncos are now saying it's minor. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, let's say minimum three weeks. Yeah. It's he won't play that first round game in Vegas. There's no way. Six weeks away. Are you not going to put him on a 13 hour no, flight? Not. No. No, you're not going to do. He that. won't be able to wear his man bag down the main street of Vegas. I dare you to say that to his face. I dare you to do. Get that. him in here. I'll say it. You will not. You will not. You make Rat do it. He just <laughs> snapped Rat in half, wouldn't he? Uh, He's back Monday night, by the way. Got to go to a break. This is Sports Day. Back with your techs in a moment. The all-electric Kia EV9. Kia's largest electric seven-seat SUV. Kia, major partner of the Australian Open. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. We'll be back in a moment. The all-electric Kia EV9. Kia's largest electric seven-seat SUV. Kia, major partner of the Australian Open. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. Boys line up. And boys line up. Bit of Aussie crawl. 
Hey, uh, welcome back to Sports Day. You're with Scotty Sattler, Jason Matthews here on this Wednesday night. We're talking about what made you fall for cricket. Uh, we've been triggered by the West Indies playing today and those great memories from the 80s and the 90s. Uh, Jace agrees with me. He used to try to adjust the angle to pick up Win or MBN to see the cricket through the snowy reception. Mm. But, and I forgot about this one, remember Richie Benno used to do a one-hour highlights at about 11 o'clock at night? And he'd come on and go, yes, uh, welcome to the MCG. It was a packed house, uh, blah, 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 blah. And he'd, each innings was cut down to 30 minutes. Awesome television. I remember Wayne Pierce used to host a show on Sunday nights called, uh, listeners may be able to remind me, he's just after he retired. It was on Sunday night at about 11 o'clock at night. It was all the highlights from the weekend. Outstanding. Outstanding. Um, I've got a couple for you. Yep. Did you guys uh, hear Warner on his commentary debut for Fox? He told a story about how he left his cricket team with 10 in the field so he could go and put a put on a bet. Mm. Hugh laughs, gets nothing. Mm. Like, can I go? <sighs> Sats, there's also, it's taking a lot of energy uh, not to say anything. When's my holiday start? Crime scene's really disappointed we keep talking about so much cricket. Crime scene, I get it, but it's, it's a, summer, mate. But it's a sports show, you know. We've got to cover yeah. the tennis, even if you're not a tennis fan. It's still something that we cover, and the woke open. The Aussies are going, yeah, going okay. Hey, rumor is rampant. This one's from five nine seven. Good mail going around. Gather around, kiddies. Scott Sattler going into the jungle. That's from Hathead. <laughs> is that true? Well, you've been up. No, you've been up to stuff. Have I? You've been a little bit, oh, I can't say much about this and that. And you are taking time off. I don't know. Are you going into the jungle? I can't say things like that. Have you been approached? You can't put people on the spot like that. Are you putting Matt Rogers out of work? (laughs) He hasn't been on that show yet, I don't know. He's been on every... It's a matter of time before he's on Gladiator. (laughs) Can you imagine his skinny little body in one of those... In that spandex? Snapped. It'd be, mate, he'd probably go on Married at First Sight <laughs> just to get some more publicity. Hey, we spoke about memories of cricket and um, we spoke about Lance Cairns and his maybe a no shoulders. Yes. Bat. And Rooster Muzz says, uh, Woogie and Worm, Lance Cairns's bat reminded me of the great badge. No shoulders. <laughs> Snaky oh. substance. Well, reckon, snaky substance. Whatever. I reckon Rat falls into that category as well. What's the new stupid kickoff rule, Rabbit from. Yeah, we just talked about it, mate. Yeah. It's it's not good. To play the ball at 10 metre instead of a penalty now if it goes out on the full. I fell in love with cricket. David Boone catch for the Warnie hat trick. Yeah. Hooked ever since. Yeah. yeah, good call on that one. Michael Bevan, last four against the West Indies. 1996 New Year's Day. Yeah, I remember that. It didn't, I think it rained in that game as well. I remember. And it was reduced overs. I, I can't remember it either. Hey, break. Break time. Uh, Brett Phillips will join us with a, an Australian Open update for us, plus more of your texts and some more interesting stuff as well. Hang around. The all-electric Kia EV9. Kia's largest electric seven-seat SUV. Kia, major partner of the Australian Open. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. We'll be back in a moment. The all-electric Kia EV9. Kia's largest electric seven-seat SUV. Kia, major partner of the Australian Open. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. 
This is Sports Day. Welcome back to the show. Second hour of it. Geez, the first hour went really quick tonight. Hello to our listeners through the Super Radio Network. We're the and same those... amount of time as any other hour goes. <sighs> An hour goes the same amount of time. Nine seven zero. Thanks for your text from Tess Steckel. <laughs> Get it? What? You're not even listening, mate. Just can you pay attention to the show? Mm. Hang in there, Woogie, for us hanging for a holiday from Tess Steckel. <laughs> Put it together. Yeah. I was going to say, can you pre can Get you... it? Testicle. Yeah, I get it. Right. I get it. Mm. You're doing some secret I can't talk about host show sats, commentary, hosting, or competing. Well, we think he's going into the jungle. <laughs> Right? Put this way. If I went into any jungle, I'd get lost. Yes, it did rain during the New Year's one day with Bev and I was there. Steve from uh, Dubbo. Good evening, Sats and Woogie. Absolutely marvellous to be hearing this broadcast for the first time today. I was just thinking, speaking of 12th Where's man. Where's been, Mickey G? Where's he been? Uh, on the bus. He works. He works a lot, actually, Mickey G. Mm. Uh, you should follow him I on wonder if Instagram. He's, I wonder if he's got us on while he's... Um, Does while, he? Yeah. Yeah. While his while he's driving, while his travellers are on the bus. So let, let me explain to you what happens. So you got a bus. Yeah, I get it. That's the vehicle. Yeah. Then you have someone who drives it. I get that. And then they're not travellers. They're normally called passengers. Passengers. That's it. Yeah. Just Mickey G. Is he behind one of those perspex for security? Yeah, that's kept Mickey G away from the passengers. Yeah, true. They lock him in there. Yeah. Um, just eat your spaghetti. I'll just run through a few texts, right? Yep. Woogie and Worm, it's Slop Tray's pension day today. And the word on the street is he's been to the Bottolo seven times. And that is just today. Rooster mm. Muzz always. Does, do you think Rooster Muzz at home has a calendar and he's marking out Glenn's pension day? <laughs> do you think? <laughs> the reptile says Steve Smith shaggers is not the player he once was and never get there again. Time to retire. <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah. I haven't even looked at I haven't even looked at X or Twitter tonight. But could you imagine all the doomsayers, yeah. whatever you call them? It's failed. Oh, it's, it's he's failed. gone. He's hopeless. You know, bring back Warner. Steve said, uh, "Sats, how have you? How come you haven't mentioned Opatia yet?" So, for any boxing fans, Jai Opatia, who we've been on his journey for a while now, he fought Maris Breedis, of course, smashed his jaw in two two places. And won the world title on the Gold Coast a couple of years ago, uh, 18 months ago, whatever it was. And he's now been asked to fight Maris Breedis again on the undercard of... This is the bloke, you, sorry. Yeah, he yeah, got Tyson beaten. Fury. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so Joe Apatai, who he, he's already beat Maris. All right. Yeah, so he's got he's been ordered to fight him again. Ordered? Well, you got it. Is got this it. part of that two or three fight deal worth two, two million? Two fight deal in Saudi. Yeah. Yeah. And he loved it. Remember he said it's like, it's yeah. unbelievable. going to get paid over a million dollars for this one. So Good old, on him. Old Backfat's back. Yeah, Tyson Fury and uh, he looked at Usyk. He, okay, who wins that? Usyk. Tyson Fury looked horribly out of shape, didn't he? Yeah, he did. In that fight, which everyone said he lost. I thought he won it, but against did you? Linganu, yeah. Ninganu flogged him, didn't he? And they knocked him down, but I thought he, I thought he won. But it was pretty boring. It was a pretty crap fight. I didn't mind it. Mm. I thought it was good. Yeah. I just love how they, everything before the fight, there's the hype. Yeah. Oh, and there's rings coming out of the floor, and there's yep. people singing, and there's all this music being played when they walk out. I've got no idea what they're singing about. <laughs> 
it's very basic. How bad is it when any of them come out and they've got a rapper next to them singing oh. as they were? That is horrific. Very gangster. Hey, did you that. see Eminem? Did you see Eminem? He's a Detroit, obviously, yeah. native. And um, he was he's a massive Detroit Lions fan. And before the game, he was sort of giving it to young Stafford, Matthew Stafford, saying, hey, you know, give us this one. We haven't won one for 32 years. And he was at the game. No, you mean Jared Goff. No, he's talking to Stafford because he's oh. playing for the opposition against oh, his right. old club. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, so like a bit of star power. It was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. nice. Um, has, okay, so Glenn's on the line. It is pension day. This is risky. Hello, Glenn. Hello, Justin. How are you, buddy? Very good. How are you going, Glenn? Hello, How are you, buddy? Oh, very, very well, mate. It's, it's raining rather profusely up here in Newcastle tonight. But anyway. Yep. It's raining what? Profusely. The lads asked me to tell you my, my uh, personal... Sporting highlights. Yep. Um, the first one was opening the batting for the Ringaroos under 10 and batting through the innings and ending up 24 not out. Yep. Uh, that was a cricket one for you, Justin. And secondly, as a diver, yep. I was undefeated in my diving career. Really? Absolutely. Mate, my brother, <laughs> the guy that lives at Marundi. Yeah. Finished second off the springboard, off the uh, tower. Sorry, I was only a springboard. I couldn't go off the tower. Whoops. And he was beaten by a guy called Ken Grove, who ended up going on and representing Australia at the Olympics. So he was that close to representing Australia in the Olympics. Was your special uh, event the belly flop? Sorry, sorry, Justin? I, I, I said, Glenn, was your special event the belly flop? No, no. One and a half somersault with two and a half twists was my best. I've off right, the three okay. metre. Hey, how was your date last night? Mate, absolutely sensational, but I've been sworn to secrecy. No, i.e. there but wasn't I, a date, I yeah, yeah. You can't take yourself my, out. My segment tonight, it's Waratah West Wacky Wednesday with myself. Right, yeah. Um, I just wanted to respond to the listener last night who questioned my existence as Glenn, the Newcastle reality king, because he couldn't find me on social media. I was very generous. There was yeah. no date last night. But that was good. I like that information. I, you always find out something about people, and I didn't know that he, he had they were okay. divers. Let's, I like that. Let's let's review just what he just said. Yeah. He fell in love with cricket when he was batting. Yeah. Right? Under 10. Mm-hmm. Made 24 not out. Right? I thought he might bring in a famous cricketer. You know what I mean? Like, Well, that's his highlight. That's his love of cricket. I mean, I got 101 not out against Gregory Terrace oh, when I was at Nudgee, and I, did, I haven't spoken about that. No, not this week. <laughs> anyway, he, he didn't go on a date last night either. There's mm. no way he went on a date last night. He's still talking to himself on the phone, by the way. <laughs> There's no way he went on a date. Who would take him on a date? Oh, he's gone now. He's hung up. <laughs> uh, what are we doing? Text messages, Adelaide tech, test. G'day, Shaggers. I'm not psychic and I'm not a cricket expert, but I said Smith won't even get 20 runs. Yes, that's the reptile. I think he read that one out anyway. Evening, William Sats. What made me fall in love with cricket was meeting, oh, how about this? Jeff Dujon, Malcolm Marshall and Gordon Greenwich before the Sydney test in 1989. Then my dad took me to day one of that test and my hero, Alan Border, took seven for 46. That's from Greenkeeping Rooster. Remember when Alan Border, they toured the Caribbean? And to play that great West Indies side. I think 
from memory, Alan Border got 97 in one innings, and I think he got a century in the second innings. Yeah. Against on those pitches, dusty pitches. Yeah. Against that, against that attack, uh, four for cricket. You know what? I get a little emotional when I hear stories about Alan Border because oh, I just I don't think we'll realise. Well, we had that listener last night. They're yeah. calling the Godfather to cricket. Yeah. You know, we had that listener last night that said, you know, he met he met him recently in Brisbane. Couldn't realize, didn't realize how tiny he yeah. was. No, he was just. Rock solid. He was just made of. He was uncompromising, made of steel, wasn't he? Wasn't he it? just yeah. not only with the opposition himself, but also his own players. Yeah, exactly. Or that famous image of him and Craig Given McDermott. Giving it to Craig yeah. McDermott. Yeah, come here. Uh, Lefour for cricket. Love the cricket boys. Grew up stone's throw from the mighty Gabba. The old boy played squash there back in the day. That's right. They had squash courts there. My first memory of the cricket was having a slice shandy with the old man watching Marsh board a big Merv Hughes kissing cheeks. Yeah. I mean, Merv Hughes in front of Bay 13. Like, great memories. In fact, this man who's joining us on the line now, he's a, he's a Melbourneite. He would have appreciated seeing Big Merv in, in front of Bay 13. Brett Phillips, SEN's tennis expert, host of the first serve. How are you, BP? Did, were you a fan of Merv Hughes? Oh, the big swerving, uh, no doubt. Well, I, I, was, a fan of, uh, I was a fan of cricket, uh, Jason. Yeah, cricket was my um, my great love, but you know the the once uh, mighty West Indies, who are <laughs> a mere shadow of who they uh, who they were, and I, I think if unless they can get the West Indies back, cricket is doomed. To be totally honest, that's just my opinion. It's on my soapbox. I know we're getting out of the tennis sphere, but I loved the West Indies when um, we were growing up. I know I'm diverting, but. Uh, you just made me think of all things cricket. You made me think of Big Swerving. How good was it? Just yeah. doing exercises down on Bay 13. Yeah, great nostalgia, isn't it, uh, those days, uh, those test yep. match days. Now, uh, when it comes to the Australian Open, um, you must be really <laughs> impressed with the way the Aussies are, are coping at the moment. Well, they're playing some big matches, aren't they? Mm. I mean, there, there's some duration. with uh, Some have got over the line. Some have been pipped. Now, Chris O'Connell's trying to get this match currently on John Kane Arena to a fifth set with this uh, exciting American Ben Shelton, who uh, made the quarterfinals this time last year in his first trip overseas as a tennis player and went on to make the semifinals in New York at the US Open. His father, Brian, played the game as well. And it's uh, really tight now in the fourth as Chris is trying to come from, um, you know, two sets to love down. And, you know, his first round performance, he went five as well. So, yeah, look, it's, um, it, it's you know, we're competing. There's no doubt about it. You know, Kokonakis gets up last night. I mean, the one who did it much easier uh, today was uh, Alex Stimanor, an absolute demolition mm. on centre court of an opponent who I thought was going to be dangerous going in. It's amazing. Uh, Alex is two years older, played more matches at the pro level, and you could sort of see the difference uh, today. But this Armaldi will be a good player, but... Gee, any time Alex can win a set six love, that doesn't happen all the time. We'll take that. And Storm Hunter, her best performance in singles. I just wonder whether the world number one doubles player now is going to say, gee, I've banked a few good checks now to get to number one. I've put some money in the bank. It would be an injustice if I never reached the top 100 in singles because she can play great singles tennis. Lefty, she's been our best performer Australian player in the Billie Jean King Cup the last two years. 127 live she sits there. She's picked up 53 ranking spots courtesy of qualifying and winning two rounds. So I'd love it to see. I'd love to see her just play singles, mm. and that was um, yeah, pretty emotional win for her earlier today. Our um, our hero uh, Jordan Thompson after his woke comments mm. <laughs> on court, he's uh, <laughs> he's in action now, I believe, against Sitsipas. Um, 
What's the what's the vibe? What's what's the um what's it like around the Australian Open? Uh, are fans getting more behind Jordan Thompson after his outburst, or is he? I don't know. Is he not in the good books? No, I, I think uh, I think the fans are not too too fussed. They'll just do their thing. They'll they'll rock up to the tennis, and um, you know some will abide by the rules, and some won't. Uh, you know, you get a lot of people wandering in who really are absolute theatre goers. <laughs> you know, they're one offs. Uh, they just love the event. Some will get courtside and barrack and forget you know some of the etiquette you probably should adhere to at a tennis match. Uh, but I don't think he's going to turn off uh, everyone. And look, I think people will get behind him. Uh, tonight because, you know, he goes in as the underdog, even though he beat Stefanos Tsitsipas at Indian Wells last year, which is considered to be the fifth major. And he'll take a lot of confidence out of that. I think he's playing the best tennis I've seen him play, Tomo. So, you know, Tsitsipas not going at full full cylinders, you know, backs a bit crook. We'll see how he goes. It's all about the Joker and, and Alcaraz, isn't it, really? But, of course, we've got um, Alexei Popperin, Tonight against the Joker, mm. could we see on Rod Laver Arena? Could we see one of the the great upsets early on in the uh, the round games? Well, it'd be the biggest boy Laver we've seen at the Australian Open for. A, I mean, I, don't, I can't even remember the last time Novak lost on uh, centre mm. court. I haven't got the exact stat in front of me, but it's quite some time. Look, uh, he's going to have to start well, Popperin, and come out of the blocks all guns blazing. He's got the firepower to do it. You know, he's got the serve that he can hold his serve. If he hits his spots really well, I mean, Djokovic is such a good returner. You've got to be so precise in trying to cut through his defensive zone at the other end of the court. But if he can at least get that first set under his belt, he just he just rattles mm. the cage a little bit. Mm. Novak, as we know, can get frustrated. and um, But, you know, he's the king. He's the king of Melbourne Park. It's going to take some Herculean effort for Popper to stick with him for the whole match. Uh, BP, is Djokovic happy with his balls uh, this time around? What? Well, that's uh, uh, an area I haven't uh, delved into. With, uh, He's no been whinging uh, about but, uh, the balls. Look, I know, oh. Yeah, there's a it's few nothing. have been whinging about the balls. It's a really interesting one, Jase. You know, look, I don't know. I mean, some think there's a real theory to that, that some injuries have been caused by the change of tennis balls. Some people think it's rubbish. Uh, but I think what tennis is trying to do is get some uniformity around the ball sponsor so that there's some continuity with that. I mean, players have a better feel for all of that. I'm not a ball aficionado. Uh, in comes it's tennis balls. Um, yeah, full stop. Anyway, where are we going with that? Yeah. I, don't, I don't know, um, BP, but just keep talking. Yeah, BP, did you see the um, did yeah. you see the footage on social media? It was before the young 18-year-old was about to play Joker, and they introduced the two tennis players. The 18-year-old, fresh face, looked like he's straight out of school. Yeah. And he's got the mm. the image and the and the shadow of Joker standing behind him before they walk out onto the main court. Like he was, it was intimidation at its best. I don't know whether you saw it, BP. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And you know, I mean, this young kid put up a, a mighty yeah. uh, display. And I, I just feel like this generation, um, uh, Shelton playing now, and you know, he'll come. This young Krimzik, he's outside the top one hundred. Um, but I feel like they're less intimidated now. They're keen to get a scalp and they're keen to really uh, take it up. The, well, he's the last, you know, left of the big, uh, the big guns. You know, Nadal's not going to play much more and Fed's done, so they're keen to get him. All right, I'll let you go in a moment because you sound like you've just jumped in the car. What about the result today? The 16, uh, 16-year-old Russian Mira Andreeva made history after beating six-seed Angevur, six-love, six-two, in just 20 minutes, BP. 
Well, let me tell you, she's the real deal. Now, Mira Andreva, 12 months ago, played in the junior girls' final at the Australian Open. She actually lost in three and a half hours with Spence. She actually lost to a girl who's also 16, Alina Corneva, who today actually also played uh, but got knocked out pretty easily. But Andreva went from playing in the girls' junior final to getting inside the top 50 in the WTA rankings last year. She had a great run at Wimbledon and the French, and she has shot up. Now, she speaks beautifully. She presents well. She's got a huge game, and she's the real deal. So uh, it was an extraordinary scoreline. I mean, it was not a nightmare for Ons. She, you know, she couldn't hide anywhere. And it, ironically, uh, Andreva's idol um, is on Javert. So she's you know, always wow. tried to play like her, all little tricks and dinky shots that Ons brings. But what, yeah, unbelievable. Um, she announced herself even further uh, today. Another Hingis slash Capriati, Jase. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, three sixteen-year-olds, three sixteen-year-olds playing. So I mentioned Cornova who went out, but uh, Brenda Pravitova of the Czech Republic is playing Sabalenka right now and Rod Laverina. She's got a, a sister who's one year older, Linda. They are stars from the Czech Republic. So mm. yeah, the young ones, uh, they're they're ready to go. I don't know about you boys. I couldn't. I, I don't think I could tie my shoelaces still at sixteen, mm. let alone. Get out on a court yeah. at the Australian Open. BP, love chatting to you, mate. Um, the Aussies are going well. Let's hope that continues. Thanks for your time tonight on Sports Day. And as I said uh, last week, uh, the first serve returns to SEN January 29. Is that right, BP? Correct. Day after the men's final. Beauty. Thanks, BP, for your time. Thanks, guys. There you go, Brett Grade Phillips. four, me. Learn how to tie my shoelaces. Who? What? Grade four. Grade four. That's late. Oh, grade four was the best six years of my life. <laughs> I'm telling you. Hey, got to go to break. When we come back, what? And your text on the way next. The all-electric Kia EV9. Kia's largest electric seven-seat SUV. Kia, major partner of the Australian Open. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. We'll be back in a moment. The all-electric Kia EV9, Kia's largest electric seven-seat SUV. Kia, major partner of the Australian Open. World Gym Australia, train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. This is an appropriate song, by the way. The kids are our listeners saying the darndest things. Welcome back to the show. Sports Day, Scotty Sattler, Jason Matthews here tonight. Uh, No play yet in the Big Bash uh, for the battle for the wooden spoon. (laughs) Between the Thunder and the Renegades. It's an ordinary field to show grounds, isn't it? Terrible. The Bulldogs used to play there, I think 2002 it was. It was, it was a horrible ground to play at. Horrible why was it? Why was it horrible to play at? Uh, there was just no atmosphere because it's a, a round, yeah. um, like a cricket field, an AFL field where the Giants play. Yeah. It, just, it was a long way from the stadium. Didn't all, the, get... all the noise went straight out the top. There was just, it, was just a, it was a bad atmosphere. So you said the Bulldogs... Did they not? Did the did you? Did they not have many fans turn up? Or? Oh no, they did. But it was just a. It's got to be better than a core stadium when there's no one. There's ten thousand. Yeah, there. I know. But at least it's it's sort of at least it's confined, and the noise sometimes sounds more than what's actually actually there. Right. Yeah, but yeah, it's, it's a pretty ordinary ground to play footy at. Daddy, yes. I've steamed in here because while Sats was away, Woogie bagged me. Because I said no rugby league should ever be played on an oval pitch. I agree, hundred percent. Well, they, well, they don't play there now. 
I know, but I'm saying state of origin. The second game's at the MCG. Oh, and the and the Adelaide Cricket Ground. I don't Adelaide get it. Oval. Well, you don't you don't want to see That's the game terrible. played in front of a hundred thousand people at the MCG. I just think you're if, if you're paying that much money to go to, to state of life. origin. I w- I you don't want to watch it on an oval. Pit. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't buy a ticket to go. Will you tell the, the hundred thousand people who go to the MCG? That's why and watch they've it. released tickets for game two and haven't released tickets for game one and three, because they need to sell. They want to, They're trying to promote people. Oh, I'll go to the MCG and watch State of Origin. What? Why not play it at Melbourne Park? Uh, Amy Park. Oh, this is people. This, yes, atmosphere. Oh, atmosphere. Yeah, atmosphere. It's about, it's about the bottom line. Uh, uh, yeah, atmosphere keeps a company going. Yeah. Doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, they're trying to make money, aren't they? Mm. What, what are you talking about? I'm. I'm saying if they're trying to make money. They they, they play do, the MCG. They play the MCG. Even though I I I don't. I, it's a terrible ground to watch it at. It's great for the game of rugby league to go to different areas. But it's not great for the spectator. Well, why do a hundred thousand go to it? Because they go. Because because in Victoria it's an event, and they just That's go right. to any event. Yeah. That's right. But it's terrible to watch. I'm just saying that. <laughs> No rugby league should be played on an oval pitch. I'm going over. I agree. Now, Bondi Jack, uh, thank you for this also. This could be a what as in a what yeah, as whatever. in this is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. It's actually that's ridiculous as well. Okay. Um, or are you serious? You can pick oh, whichever one you want. AB got 98 not out and 100 not out versus Marshall Garner, Wayne Daniel at the Port of Spain, Trinidad 84. Australia finished nine for 300 and AB saved the draw. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. That's yeah. how great he was. And that's why, mm. and I'm not afraid to say it, that's why I get a bit emotional when people talk about Alan Border like yeah. that. Like, And I get chills. I just go, how good was that play? I know. Now, Goose Step says, I think Glenn wears cut-off jeans, short cut-off jeans, a mesh singlet and thongs, but pulls all the women at his pub. What? Women? I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Um, someone else said Alex Handel. Uh, Alex Handel a- says, Axe "Imagine." Handel. Oh, Alex Handel says, "Glenn in speedos on a short diving board." I imagine a swan. <laughs> oh. All What are we doing? Oh, an anonymous teacher mm-hmm. has made a list of thirty-two slang words which may, which they have banned in their classroom. If a student is caught using any of the words phrases, yep, they'll have to write an uh, an essay. With with the word in it, so mm. some of those words um, are riz. What? Yep. Ski ye. What? Don't know. Don't know. You ate that up. What? You oh, ate that you? up means you did a good job. That's great. Or That's you loved my, that. Look, my daughter was telling me you ate that up, as in you dominated. Okay. You yeah. Gang gang. What? That's your gang. That's your group. Was it a gang gang? Gang gang. Is it know. two gangs? Yeah. Gang back. No. Gang, gang. In the cut with my twins. What? Yeah. What's that mean? I don't know. I think I, I might even ask my twins that yeah. tonight. And manana. What? Well, manana used to be Monday, didn't it? Manana. But why, what's manana then? Don't know. Are you supposed to have answers for these? Oh, they're on the piece of paper. Are they actually? No, they're actually not on the piece of paper. Are they? Are they? No, I don't know. No, they're not. Um, does anyone have the answers to those? Can anyone help with these? Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Is our text. Now, I'm sure Glenn's across all of the kids speak nowadays. I've got a what? Yeah. Did you know that at the closest point, the US and Russia are only 3.8 kilometres apart? What? That's ridiculous. Is that a what or that ridiculous? Well, it's a bit of both. <laughs> it's a bit of both. So well, that's Alaska? Well, what's the closest part of the US to Russia? I don't know. Probably would be Alaska, wouldn't it? What is this one? 
Um, a man named Robert Lane named his two sons Winner and Loser. Winner Lane and Loser Lane. What? And Winner grew up to be a criminal. What? And Loser grew up to be a detective. What? Who put Winner in jail. <laughs> Wouldn't that be good? Winner, winner. Chicken US dinner. content creator Joe Ki- Joey Kingsley yeah. recently went viral after eating nothing but $1.50 Costco hot dogs for a week to see... If it's actually worth it, I haven't got the audio here. I'll get it for you in a second. So, so, so what happened? Oh, I'm gonna, I'm getting it. <laughs> so he went to Costco and just kept it. So and that was that was a dollar fifty for a hot dog. And at that Costco. was, and that was, yeah. Well, I think it was a dollar ninety nine in Australia. That's amazing. And can I just tell you, they're bloody unbelievable. Even the ninety nine slice, ninety nine cent slice of pizza is great. Here is the dude. I ate nothing but the Costco hot dog meal for the past week to see if paying a dollar fifty for a glizzy and drink was worth it for seven days. And here are the results: I ate twenty nine hot dog meals for a grand total of forty three dollars and fifty cents, one fourth of what the average millennial spends on food a week. I also might have started a new diet trend on accident because I lost four point two pounds in seven days, or I have a giant tapeworm. And to my surprise, I never got sick of eating hot dogs once, despite my bowel movements resembling Willy Wonka's chocolate river. So was it worth it? Are you kidding me? I bought on a budget, lost weight, and had the culinary experience of a lifetime. What? He lost weight eating hot dogs. It can't be good weight. Who cares? Mm. What a cheap... Like, people talk about the cost of living and how unaffordable things are. Yeah. Guys, $1.99 hot dogs. Get around it. Rooster Muzz says, is fooey fooey moy moy in the gang gang? (laughs) Hey, uh, I've got another what for here for you. Yep. This is from Adrian. And Rouse Hill says, how's this for a what? Charlie Chaplin finished runner-up in a Charlie Chaplin lookalike contest. Oh, that's, we've had what? that before. That's... I've told you that before about Sting. He went, in a, he went in a police cover band, like karaoke night, and got third. Did he? Well, mm. Oh, well, you put everyone to sleep. Don't, you don't like He's his into that whole tantric stuff. Okay, four for cricket. Now, this is Adrian also on the same text. He said, I, uh, I wiped Greg Chappell over that. That was the underarm bowl, ordering Trevor to do it. Biggest dog act, not just in cricket, but sport in general. Mm. He destroyed his brother Trevor, who has never recovered the absolute shame of it all. And what is it? it wasn't at all necessary. Mm. A number 10 batsman having to clear the fence. Yeah, not yeah. good. Yeah, it was terrible. I've got it? another one for you. Another yeah. what? Uh, New Zealand batsman today, Finn Allen. Yep. Hit 137 from 62 balls against Pakistan in a T20 international. What? 137. So 137 on one of, the, like, say, the MCG. Or yeah, the massive Gabba, oval. Probably would have been 42. Why don't you like New Zealand? Why don't you like it? Is it your wife? Has she worn you out? Well, you know that. Well, well why are you having you a know go? How much I love the country. It's still 137 runs, mate. Yeah. Don't poo-poo it. Mm. Hey, you know what? Is there stuff around Nathan Cleary and Mary Fowler today? Oh, we're not talking about that. Daddy Vass, one of his, you know, these Gen Zs, uh. wants to talk about how how Nathan Cleary's officially d- declared that he and Mary Fowler together by eating an ice cream. Or, I don't know. One of the ladies in our office today yeah. said she can do better than Nathan Cleary. Mary Fowler. That's a what? Can yeah, that what? is a what. Yeah. What? See, comes from a great family. Daddy Vass is just like he loves this stuff. Yeah, well, that's the relationship he he wants to have a ship. He <laughs> wants to have yeah. with his miso. Yeah, like ice. Apparently, ice so cream. Someone means in the office said that she deserves better. Like, and, Nathan, how do you get better than Nathan Cleary? 
Like, seriously. She goes, it's the chin. I said, well, it's a bonus. Yeah. And you love his rig. Oh, that's what I said to her. How dare you? Mm. What about his rig? Yeah. He's got one of the best rigs we've seen. And he's getting paid one and a half million a year. And he's a good kid. And he's probably also, in during summer, a lifeguard at the Great Barrier Riff pool. Um, what? <laughs> anyway, a uh, couple of texts before we go to a break. There's plenty coming through. The big one for me was the ninth. This is when you fell in love with cricket. World Series when Chris Pringle bowled the last over made when Australia needed two to win. Mm. That's a New Zealand texter, of course. Yep. Uh, first jersey. First jersey from the old man. East Tigers, Brisbane. Three-quarter sleeves. No collar. By the time I retired, it, it would have disintegrated when touched. Queensland Chets. Yeah, the great Tigers. Former club of uh, well, the great Johnny Lang. Well, on, on first jerseys, yeah. Stepper at Redcliffe, my first jersey was for the Humpy Bong Humpy State Bong. School. Yeah. Five, what is it? Five, five stone? stone three. They used to have five stone three. If you're too heavy for the five stone threes, you'd go to the like the open side. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's what it was. And, um, and Green Keeping Rooster says, my, my first jersey was a Campbelltown Warriors jersey as I was the mascot for the A-grade team who was – Captain coached by one of my dad's mates. Yeah, nice. Nice. The kitchen bench says the Barrowville Tigers jersey, junior team of GI. That's in Queensland, of course. Is it Barrowville? Is Barrowville. It, is that in, let me check the map on that. <laughs> Rightio, break time. When we come back, Simon Orchard joins us for a Greyhound New South Wales update. The all-electric Kia EV9, Kia's largest electric seven-seat SUV. Kia, major partner of the Australian Open. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. We'll be back in a moment. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. World Gym Australia, improving lives through fitness. This is Sports Day. Yeah, welcome back to it. Uh, the Ladbrokes Paws of Thunder this Saturday night and our very own Paws of Thunder. He's our, is he the, would, would this man be our Thor of Thunder? <laughs> oh, I like it. <laughs> Simon Orchard, Greyhound Racing, New South Wales. G'day, buddy. Oh, boys. The gibberish just knows no length from the show. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know. Hey, can I just say, Simon, you sent me a text message on Saturday night. It's one of the greatest text messages I've ever received because it was the great Nicholas Kilner. The, he's a trainer of Fat Pizza, of course, and he was very confident that Fat Pizza was going to get its first win Monday night at Richmond, but it got abandoned. Yeah, I know. Gee, wasn't he cock a hoop on uh, Saturday night? Do you think Nicholas Kilner... I'm going to put you on the spot here. Do you think Careful Nicholas with allegations. Kleiner, Kilner, do you think he deliberately flooded Richmond on Monday? Go. I <laughs> uh, wouldn't put it past him, boys. I know that uh, Nicholas Kilner is just loving his time in the spotlight. How many starts do you reckon we've been following him for now? 30-odd? Must, oh, like, must be about 50. No, it's got to be 50 years. Oh, wow. yeah. Okay. yeah. I reckon it's been about 50 starts. So for those that are... New to the show, 94 starts for Fat Pizza, zero wins. He's the dog of the show. And Nicholas Kilner, the trainer, uh, approached me Saturday night at Wente Park and called me over and said, send this to Satsy. I'm very, very confident that the dog will win. Uh, he slagged the whole field and said they were some of the worst yep. greyhounds going around, forgetting that he was in charge of the one and only Fat Pizza. Uh, and then <laughs> the meeting got washed out on Monday. Uh, and now there's an investigation into exactly how that happened. Yeah. And 
Nicholas Kilner, I'm sure he's listening. Mate, the uh, spotlight is firmly yep. on you, my friend. Yep. Huge uh, Super Saturday, uh, Simon Orchard, come up. Yeah, massive, boys. You mentioned Paws of Thunder off the top. Uh, $75,000 Group 1 race. Paws of Thunder has been one of the, uh, one of the, I guess, jewels in the crown of our sport over the last couple of years. It's been won by some of the very best. She's a pearl, won the race last year. A lot of people would know her. Jungle Juice. Another dog that won it a couple of years back. Wow, a wonderful name, a wonderful dog. Raw ability, Shimmer Bar. A lot of great greyhounds have won this race over the years. It used to be called the St. Ledger, but it will go off this Saturday night, uh, and it's a heck of a field. It's open age races, so uh, this uh, any dog could go in it from around the country. And the, the reason I say open age is because we've got the Derby and the Futurity, which are the leading races to it, boys. So the Derby is for an age-restricted uh, boys only, and the Futurity is for the girls. So they had to be born on a certain date or later. So it's only the youngsters going around, and this is the breeding ground for some of our sport's future champions. So races six, seven, and eight on Saturday night are going to be absolute humdingers. They're all group ones. They're all worth 75K. Uh, and for the black bookers out there, make sure you watch the Futurity and Derby in particular because you'll be hearing a lot of these names over the next couple of years. Uh, a lot of these dogs go on the bigger and better and it almost establishes the boys in particular, fellas, uh, for this stud career, which I know we would all well and truly love to have. It's a shame the humans don't Speak for yourself, mate. Yeah, exactly. Speak for yourself. Yep. <laughs> now, um, what's happening tonight at Richmond? So, mate, can you give us some tips, please? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, race seven, number four, Secret Door. Uh, at Richmond, I like. She's part of a really good litter. Her brother came out last week, ran the absolute hands off the clock. 29-3 at Richmond, boys, for a dog in its second start. Uh, I don't say this lightly. That is absolutely airborne. And the sister looks like she can run as well. So race seven, number four, Secret Door. And race eight, number two, been a long time. Uh, I think it's worth an each-way ticket as well. It's a 600-metre race. It's a pretty good race, but just like the draw for been a long time. The beauty of this dog is, fellas, it's a litter sis that's two of the girls going around in the futurity, as I mentioned before. So uh, the way this story goes, there's two blokes in the 1990s who met each other at Harold Park. They bought a dog called Chica Destacata. It was a Group 1 winner, a famous dog, famous name. It bred, had a dog by the name of Poco Dorado, also a great dog, and Poco Dorado's daughter, it's been a long time, and the two girls going around in the futurity get late early and uh, ain't waiting. So these two blokes, Pete and Dennis, have been mates for 30 years. Mm. I talked to them during the week. They said, you could write a Greyhound movie about our last 30 years, but no one would believe you because we've had so much fun and it's been so uh, too good to be true, I should say. So there you go. Been a long time. Hopefully a bit of an omen bet for punters out there who can follow the sisters into the futurity on Saturday night. Righty out. The Ladbrokes Paws of Thunder this Saturday night at Wentworth Park. It's Greyhound Racing Supercharge. Chances are you're about to lose for free and confidential support. Visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Thanks, Simon. mate. Cheers, boys. You want to back a winner in the paws, go for Idolise, the super mum. I reckon she can win. That'd be great. Simon Orchard there from Greyhounds New South Wales Sports Day. Scotty Sattler and Jason Matthews here. Um, Angus. I don't know where Angus is um, calling from, but he wants to chat about BBL. G'day, Angus. Hello. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, good. good. Now, what, what do you want to chat about? Oh, I was thinking about the Sydney Thunder. Mm-hmm. You reckon David Warner's dropped off a bit since he's hopped back into BBL? Well, he's only had one game back, hasn't he? Yeah, well, he hopped off a helicopter. Hopped off a helicopter, Angus. <laughs> That's about you know it, that. mate. Yeah, or 
I think he played two games. One the other night, maybe. Was he meant to play tonight, Angus? Um, I'm not sure. Yeah. He might have went over to Adelaide. It's also it's also a pretty it's a pretty big come down, isn't it? You have a big send off in the Test match, Angus, and then um, yeah, and then you go back into the BBL, which you would have obviously signed a contract to play a couple of games for them. Yeah, so it's a bit it's a bit of a come down, isn't it? Oh yeah, emotionally, Ab- absolutely. Angus has gone about yeah, no, absolutely correct. Hey, um, thanks, thanks for your call, Angus. A couple of quick texts before we go on about falling in love with cricket, and I want to read these ones out. Um, I, I have loved cricket as a baby. Uh, when I could walk, I played cricket and loved probably the invincible 16 test wins in a row. Amazing. That's texted from so the invincibles. Was that, um, was that, not, was that wars? Was that no, 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 invincible? The, well, they were the 40s, the guys. In oh, the, the 40s, those yeah. are the invincibles. Yeah. Oh, yeah. hey, what about this one as well? Um, karaoke says I fell out of love with cricket in the late 90s when 15 of us got kicked out in the first <laughs> half hour for being in a one day by overzealous security. <laughs> now, they've texted a few times, like the next one. Yeah. So, yeah, Dwayne Pipe says I fell in love with cricket with Warney. He was so deliberate with his bowling, and one of us, Larrikin. And a text here from Howie in Kellyville. Thanks, Howie. Must be a first-time texter. Love listening to the show, lads. We've got to get to a break. This is Sports Day. We're up. Are, are we doing... Are you doing the last laugh no, by Cam's Cam? Do, Cam's doing it. It's so, just Cam's last laugh now. Yeah. And Cam sends me a text and says, how good was my last laugh? It was crap last night. No, it was good. It was a four out of ten. Anything better than you. I'm just looking at Bondi Jack. And, and saying, all I see is ten inch. He's <laughs> <sighs> uh, just saying about that game we're talking about, AB. Yeah. Where the Port of Spain, are you serious? Australia was seven for 162, needing 52 to avoid an innings defeat. Middle of day five, no hope of surviving. The 10-inch Big Bird, six for 60. AB put on two for 137 with Henry, Hogg and Alderman. Hey, Greg, I agree with you on this one too, by the way, and I'm, I'm absolutely miffed. Can we really complain with international, or maybe we have different views, with international players leaving mid-tournament when Aussie Test players only play a handful of BBL games each year? I don't like both of them. I really don't. Surely we can make the BBL schedule work so we get a bit of Australian cricketers. But why don't why don't we schedule the BBL to finish before the one in Abu Dhabi starts? Exactly. It's not that hard. I think it's ridiculous. I know Chris Lynn's going to earn a lot more money over in Abu Dhabi, but I mean, he's one of our crowd pullers when it comes to Australian T20, the BBL. Yes. So why can't why shouldn't we have him here for the entirety yep. of it? Laurie Evans, who's been in outstanding form for the Scorchers, right up until last night, he was killing it last night as well. He's now on a plane to play IPL and Abu Dhabi as well. Mm. Next Cricket Australia next year. Can we just like move the comp back a week? Yep. Can we do something? Oh, it's not that hard, is it? Now, Brad from Redhead what? is just saying, hey, boys, reading between the lines with Angus's call, <laughs> I think his point was that Warner is a bigger flog than Elbow. <laughs> Break time. This is Sports Day. The all-electric Kia EV9. Kia's largest electric seven-seat SUV. Kia, major partner of the Australian Open. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. We'll be back in a moment. The all-electric Kia EV9. Kia's largest electric seven-seat SUV. Kia, major partner of the Australian Open. 
World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. I don't want the show to end tonight. I never wanted the show to See, that's a lie. Because before, during the break, you went, oh, one shift to go before I go on a holiday. And I said, Daddy Vass and I, we look for reasons to be here. You and Rat look for reasons not to be here. Have you just had holidays? Yeah. Right. But I was looking to come back early. And you said, no, you need a break. I did not. I love doing the show by myself. I did not. And, and mate, you are full of it. When yeah. you say, oh, I want to come back early, you're mm. like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm the hardest working here, guys. Mm. I'm the hardest working. <laughs> you are full of it. Text messages, please. Uh, ostrich, ostrich skin wallet says 136 <laughs> billion sheets of paper would be needed oh. to print the entire internet. What? That's a lie. 970. Evening, lads. Talking with Casper about John Dyson's catch back in the day. How about <laughs> Fatty Vorton's take in the yeah. celebrity match? Unbelievable. Budster, you're right. Mary Fowler plays in England. Yes, she does. Man City. Um, I just want to there say that was fo- from Budster. Yeah, he says, said, looking forward to I day two. I said thanks, Budster. If you want to listen, I said, thanks, Budster. I know you don't listen to me. I know you used to do on the show by yourself for three weeks. Mary Fowler plays in England. There are football players that earn a what they can earn in a week what Nathan earns in a year. Yeah, she could do way better, Cowboy says. I disagree. They wouldn't be as good good as a bloke as Nathan. I know that. Why don't you date Nathan? Nathan? Mm. Actually... It was probably Jeff Thompson that made me fall in love with cricket. So I'm from Belgani. Some great stories, Simon, about yeah. Jeff Thompson's era, and especially when they lost the Ashes one year and he wouldn't go and have a beer with the, with the Poms after the game. And they said, why aren't you coming in? And he was filthy, he said, because I'm going to hurt every one of you the next Ashes series. And he did. <laughs> he he did broke too. them. Absolutely broke them. Any more? Uh, yeah, we've got uh, four for cricket, guys. Um, no, oh no, it's the last laugh, which of course is going to be um, that that 137 in New Zealand off 62 balls. Mm-hmm. 322 says there were 16 sixes. That's 96 runs from sixes. Yeah, you not you don't care anyway. On well, Sports Day, it's time for sorry, the last laugh so. with Scott Sattler. Says, I can't believe I just wandered in. I, he's coming right in. He's going to do a set after me. The stage is yours, Sats. So on behalf of Cam, um, he's saying that last week he was bored, so he decided to swap around the labels of his wife's spice rack. Nice. He said, but so far she she hasn't noticed. But mark my words, though, the time is coming. Oh, I love it. Here we go. That's a good one. That's a good one. That's an 8 out of 10. Yeah. Well done. Mate, so much better than the rubbish you used to dish up. Yeah. Steve, what one. do you think? Steve from Dubbo. Maybe Cam can tell the sheep joke if Sats is too scared. What? I've got to get him to remind me of the sheep joke. Yeah. Which one? We've got to go. Back tomorrow night. See ya. Ciao.